0: For the past week, I've been cat-sitting for a friend of mine, and I was hoping to just have a little fun playing video games all night and occasionally petting a cat. But instead, I found myself trapped, not just by the snow, but by the spirits who inhabit her house. And then we meet a young woman Who may have unraveled the mystery behind missing 411? Is it possible that it's not a Bigfoot who's been stealing hikers out of the woods? Not some paranormal force beyond all imagination? No. It's actually rap superstar Lil Nas X who's sucking people into the void. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm back home. We'll get into all of that in a second. So that's why there haven't been new episodes the past couple days, if you didn't see my trapped update. But someone who's never trapped, someone who always knows a way to wiggle out of any situation, running into Dead Rabbit Radio command right now. Everyone get on your feet and give a warm welcome to Am Alien. Woohoo, yeah! <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah! Woo! Clapping is Am Alien is running into Dead Rabbit Radio command. Am Alien, you're going to be our captain or our pilot this episode. Am Alien, spread their Spotify wrapped on social media. That is a great way to get the word out about the show. Really, really helps out. If you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand through the Patreon or the YouTube memberships. Through the merch store. I get it. I do. Just helps spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Am Alien, let's go ahead and get this party started. We're going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. Everyone climb on board as Am Alien drives us out of Dead Rabbit Radio Command all the way out to Sabine's house. <laughs> I'd like to say a nice leisurely drive. That's normally what I say, but we're actually driving through feet of snow. I know I'm not the only person impacted by the weather. I'm sure you may have right now as the power is out and your the only light that you have in your house is the light of your MP3 player. However you listen to this podcast, everything else is dead. It's been crazy weather across the United States. I'm not the only one impacted by it, but I might be one of the only people who actively hates it. I hate snow. I hate everything about it. I start getting all worked up. I get a tummy ache. I do when I have to think about walking out in the snow. I despise it. What happened recently, and the reason why we haven't had new episodes for a couple of days, was last week. It would have been like Monday. We switched places. Uh, not Freaky Friday. Not not that. Not that crazy story. We covered something like that a long time ago. I know that one still freaks people out. i will put that episode in the show notes. No, I didn't. I was not a participant in that story. It was involved other people who swapped bodies. But she goes, "Why don't I stay at your place and you stay at my place? You can stay and you can watch the cat. You can go to work, and I will stay at your place and and live amongst the rats, live amongst the rubble, like Templeton." From Charlotte's Web, I'll eat all your garbage. I will stay at your place and I can go to my work. That way it limited how far we had to travel in the snow. I said, yeah, sure, sounds like a great idea. Now, here's the thing. I know my place is haunted. We've talked about it in past episodes. I'll put them in the show notes. Pretty reasonable spirits, right? Generally, it's the ghost of a kindly old man. Who <laughs> He did scare me in the beginning. But, you know, we've come to, and here's the thing, I've never really experienced much here. There was that phantom dog thing, which I guess is something, but I've more experienced his presence, this this old man. And at first it frightened me in my place, and, you know, we've just come to hang out together. <laughs> and It's not like I'm sitting there, we both have Coca-Colas, we're sitting on the couch watching an episode of M.A.S.H., but whatever, like, he's here, I'm here, there's no trouble. The ghost dog was a little disconcerting. I'll put all these episodes in the show notes. I don't want to go into too much detail because we've done it before. Sabine's never had any problem being here. She's never really sensed anything at all. Her place, which I believe we talked about before on the show as well, is haunted. Like the definition of a haunting. I've had people spend the night at my place. They've never sensed anything weird, never seen anything weird, nothing like that. No phantom smells, nothing. Her place is actively haunted. It is the only way to describe it as, is a haunted house. And I believe I've talked about it before on the show. Her house, you know, way back in time, used to be a place where a lot of the community congregated. It's not that anymore. Obviously, she's not living in a YMCA building because things change over the century. But one day, I was sitting there with Sabine. We were watching a movie. This was a long time ago. I don't know if I've told this story before, but I might have. We're sitting there, and... I hear the
1: sound, let me back up, I feel
0: the presence of good friends in the house, and then I hear the sound of keys skidding across the kitchen counter, it's a super familiar sound, I'm sure you guys have all heard it as well, you got friends coming over, you might do it as well, you're empty in your pockets, <laughs> you're giving me all your money, that's what it takes to hang out with me, he- <laughs> You take your keys and you kind of throw them across the counter. You know they're gonna be there. It's a safe place to have your keys. That's what I heard. I heard the sound of good friends coming over and someone throwing their keys on the counter, and they're gonna plop down on the couch and watch whatever we're watching. And I remember sitting there with her and I felt the presence of good friends. I heard the sound the keys hit the kitchen countertop. Slide across. And I remember I turned. I turned my head, clearly expecting to see old friends of mine. There's nobody there. Super interesting phenomenon. I'll be honest, I don't remember if she heard it as well. But I immediately remarked on it. I turned and looked and I felt like I was going to see my good buddy, Josh, or my good buddy, Steve, or my good buddy, David. Friends that I knew from back in... High school and college and stuff like that. I turned with it, you know, to to look to greet these guys and there was nobody there. And I immediately remarked, I go, I just had that feeling that they'd shown up and I heard keys. And she's like, yeah, she goes, this house has a lot of visitors. It does have that energy. It really, really does have that energy in that place. Well, anyway, so I knew that. I've done a live stream from her house a long time ago. Again, I don't know if I can find any of this stuff. but So I knew that.
1: Stay in there.
0: While I was there, you know, I'm taking care of this big black cat named Jenny. Jenny the cat. Jenny always wanted me to pet him. Busy, I'm busy. I say I'm busy. I'm watching movies and playing Minecraft, doing research for the show, pretty much in that order. And he'd come over and I'd pet him because I do love him. I'm always giving him snacks. (laughs) I'm always giving him snacks. He's like, oh my tummy. Uh. And he's normally an outdoors cat. He spends the night inside. It was too cold for him to go outside. It got. It was like five, six degrees here some nights. So I'm glad I was there to hang out with him. let me just lay in front of the fireplace. While I'm mining away on my hardcore Minecraft. You let him out the door. Usually I'd let him out the front door. And he didn't, he didn't uh, want to, but he has to go bathroom outside. We don't have a kidney litter box. Open up the front door. And he would do a patrol around the house. Because this place is known as the Cat Highway. There's a bunch of cats in the area. They all come through his territory Makes him mad. There's raccoons as well. Those make him mad too, but he can't fight a raccoon. He's an old cat. He'd do a patrol around the house and then he'd come to the back door where he would put his paws against the glass and go
1: squeak. Squeak. Squeak.
0: And he'd rub his paws against the glass until you'd open the door up. And I made sure to be on the ball because it was five degrees out. I was like, I'll get I'm there. I'm there, buddy. Don't freeze. And then he'd lay in front of the fireplace for, you know, the next four or five hours or whatever, warming up his paws and rubbing them together. I'd be up all hours of the night, like I normally am, even in my own place. And the way that this place is kind of set up, I'm going to include a photo. Even <laughs> wondering, like what I was wondering what this was a photo of. You'll see uh, Jenny laying there on the floor, and then there's a bit of a hallway... And I'll explain this if you don't have time to look at the photo. Your battery's about to die. This is the only light you have. You're like, I don't have time to look at a photo. There's a little bit of a hallway. You have the kitchen. The kitchen's right by the front door. So you have the kitchen. And then right across from the kitchen is the bathroom. Which I don't think is probably the best design. You're all cooking. You hear someone in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you don't hear it. i have never cooking. While someone else is farting. but Or cooking ever. But... You have a kitchen and then right across from it, you have a bathroom and it has one of those sliding doors. The doors don't open up like a normal door. The door's on these rollers, so you slide it open, and you slide it close, And then next to that is the laundry room and the access from the outside. And that also has a sliding door. It's not automatic. It's not the Jetsons as much as I wish it was. These wooden doors, and they're on these rollers, so you just slide them open and close. And then once you go through the laundry room, you're at the front door. And you can see kind of in that photo how that's laid out a little bit. You'll see the laundry room. You'll see the door into the bathroom. Jenny's laying on the floor near the kitchen. But anyways, so that was kind of how everything worked for a week. I was trapped. I literally could not leave that place. Although I constantly was, I was like, oh no, I'm out of Diet Pepsi, time for a walk, and I was trudging through the snow, trudging through like a mile of snow, maybe not that far, but close to it, to go buy some Diet Pepsi, and I was like, sorry, boss, can't make it in today. They're like, Jason, we saw you walking, we saw you carrying back bags of Diet Pepsi, you can clearly get to work. What? No way. That was my doppelganger. Do Do you believe in the Skinwalker legend? That's why I always smell like wet pennies. Every so often I'd go out to get a drink go buy a couple one liters of soda. Most of the time I was hunkered down in this house. And I'd be sitting at this chair, you know, like it's not really Jason built. It's I don't live there. So I had like this chair, Try to make myself as comfortable as possible. I have this chair, I have the kitchen table, I got my laptop on there, playing video games, watching movies, working on the show. And right onto the right side of me, if you look at this photo of Jenny, that's taken from me sitting in the chair. So you can kind of see, like, if I'm sitting in this chair and looking straight ahead, everything in that photo is to my right field of vision. Don't worry, this is getting somewhere. <laughs> like, you're on a diagram, you're like, huh? Jason really walked a mile to get soda? Is he that much of a caffeine addict? I'd be sitting there at the computer late at night. And I would see, here's the thing, like, as much as I am a believer in the paranormal, and I call myself a paranormal researcher. Never a paranormal expert, a paranormal researcher. Even I was like, hmm, must just just be because I'm up late. Hmm, must just be a trick of the light. I'd be sitting at the computer and I'd see from that bathroom, like that bathroom door would always be open on those sliding rollers. I would see somebody peeking out at me. I'd see the silhouette, the head and the shoulders. If you were standing in a doorway and you kind of tilted yourself out so I can see more of one shoulder and part of the arm than I can see of the other shoulder, against the darkness of the bathroom. And I'd leave the laundry room light on because I don't like working in complete darkness or, or even existing in complete darkness. But I would see a darker than the darkness of the bathroom I'd see the silhouette of somebody peeking their head out, watching me. And I would turn to look. And it wouldn't vanish. It would move. It would move back into the bathroom. Again, as if you were peeking into a room and someone looked and then you would kind of straighten up so I can't see you anymore. But it didn't move rapidly. It just was looking, and then I would turn my head, and I would look directly at it, and it would move. Not super slow, but not super fast either. The first, and this happened, I don't know how many times. I would say honestly, the first, because again, I'm trying to rationalize it. I know this place is haunted. I've heard all sorts of stories about this place. I had that experience with the feeling of my friends coming in and keys hitting a counter. But I'm seeing something, and I turn to look, and it would move about the average speed of someone who would be kind of ducking away. Again, it wasn't super fast, but it wasn't super slow. And it kept happening, and I kept dismissing it. Because here's the thing. I'm trying to work. <laughs> I'm trying to work. I'm watching scary movies. Playing Minecraft, which is really scary. Those creepers, man. As a paranormal researcher, if I went out to a house, I would be, you know, like doing a little jig because I'm here. But I got to sleep in this house, right? I got to sleep in this house. Got to take care of this cat. I can't go anywhere. There's a storm. I can go get soda, but
1: (laughs) I can't get to work, right? But I can get soda.
0: It's happened quite a few times, and each time I'd look over and I'd see it move and...
1: And go back to doing my thing. Another thing that was
0: interesting that was going on. Was I would be sitting in that red chair. Jenny would usually be sitting at the fire. When Sabine's home, Jenny gets all the pets in the world. Because she's reading a book and Jenny's up on the couch. And they're snuggled together. Me, I got, I got, (laughs) I got mines to craft, bro. I need both my hands. Diamond ore is not going to find itself. So every so often, Jenny will get up and walk over to me. And I'll pet him. I'll pet him a bit. And then he'll he'll walk back over to the fireplace. And I'd be at the computer late at night. And I'd see Jenny. Well, here's the thing. I'd see something small and black move down to the right side. Like my right side of my vision. And I'd look down to pet Jenny and there'd be nothing there. And that happened a lot, too. That happened a lot, too. Now, that that one I will account to. I could be being tired because, like I said, I was going to bed at three in the morning. I was waking up like at seven or eight. So I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. That could have easily been that. And I remember it would happen so much that sometimes I would then kind of get up out of my chair to look. And I sure enough would see Jenny in front of the fireplace. But that happened a lot. I would say that that probably happened more than seeing the person peeking out from the bathroom door. It happened so many times. Both of them, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't give you an idea of how many times each one happened. Which, again, probably bad paranormal researcher. You're like, Jason, this is your job, dude. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have a little book, a little log book. I did mention to Sabine, I go, you know, after all this had passed, after... The storm kind of died down and she's back up there. I was still stuck up there because she couldn't drive because the roads were so bad. I said, yeah, I go, I have half of a mind to put up some cameras in here. And she's like, no, that's <laughs> not gonna, no. She's like, I'm not going to really let you put a bunch of cameras in here. That I still might be able to figure that one out. I'm like, hey, look at all these teddy bears I bought you. Don't look too close, though. And don't touch them. <laughs> don't touch them. They're very expensive, uh stuffing inside of them you may say have all these secret hidden cameras it's funny because when sabine came back up right she's hanging out there thanks for watching the cat and all that stuff she orders some pizza from andrew's pizza delicious local pizza if you're ever in town we're eating some pizza and i told her everything i just told you i told her everything And she was like, kind of like, yeah, you know, because obviously we've had experiences there. She's had experiences there. She lives there more than I've had there. But she said, I told her, I said, yeah, I'd see someone peeking out from the bathroom. And she goes, you know what? That's where I see a lot of the stuff, too. But not in the bathroom. She said, I see them walking outside of the house. Like right at the front door there's a window and she goes, I would see them walking up to the front door. Like they're coming in, they're coming into the house. And I told her, I said, you know what's funny about that is that I didn't see that at all. And that 100% I could have, that was in that field of vision, that I could have been looking out that front door, that front window from where I was sitting. And I didn't see it at all. None of that. And she goes, yeah, I see a lot of activity. Like, there's just a procession of people. Now, not like a big line. Not like she's wrapping down the block. But that's where she sees a lot of activity. One or two people at a time walking on the front porch to come inside. And I go, that's super interesting. Because if I saw that, if I looked and I thought there was someone outside the house coming in, the game is completely changed. I would suit up and do like a 10-point patrol of that house, blizzard or not. If I thought there were people outside on the porch, I would put on all my snow gear, grabbed a knife, and checked the perimeter, checked everything. I've been checking the neighbor's house. They're like, who are you? Who are you? I'm like, are you a ghost? Are you a ghost? Well, here's the thing. If I thought it was a ghost, I probably wouldn't do that. But if I thought it was a person outside the house, I would check the perimeter. I probably would have froze to death, right? Probably would have froze to death. My hand freezes to the knife. I'm like, ah. And I feel like whatever is there knew that. So it never presented itself as that.
1: But it was active while
0: I was there. It was watching me. And what's interesting, too, is the shadow, I should have mentioned this earlier, is the shadow, which I don't think it was a shadow man, because I've had experiences with the shadow men in the past. I don't think it was that. It was just this, it looked like a shadow, but it didn't give me the same type of energy, didn't give me the same type of impression that a shadow man does. This, whatever this entity was, did appear as a dark featureless. I mean, pretty much could have been a shadow man. I don't think it was. Shadow men, in my experience, have this very alien air to them. It's the same way I imagine a geologist would look at a rock. Or a biologist would look at a worm. And really not look at a worm, look at a box of worms. The the level of, um, when I've encountered the shadow people in my past, they don't care that you're there at all. They're not menacing the same way a geologist wouldn't be menacing towards a rock. And it's not that it's the way that a geologist would feel looking at a rock. It's the way a geologist would feel walking through a rocky landscape. Like, they don't care. Right? They don't care. There's rocks everywhere. They might be looking for something in particular. But we're just the granite slab. We're not that cool obsidian that he's really going for. It was a super detached feeling, like they did not care that we were there. They did not care they were being observed. They understood that we were there, but it, it's the same thing as if a farmer was walking through a farm carrying a pail of slop with all these other animals around him. That's the kind of feeling that I get when I've encountered Shadowmen. <clears throat> this entity I felt was something more because it was seemed to be curious. That might have been the longest I've actually ever stayed there. And again, it was just me and Jenny. And it was a good week. Right? <laughs> so go, I have to go find a new job. Boss like, why'd you call in for a week? No, the whole city was shut down. Luckily. But. um, See that shadow. Poking out. It felt curious. I will also say it was not. The height, it wasn't like six feet tall. The way I felt it was that this was a, I don't want to say a child spirit, because if that was the case, I would have beat my pants. Kids are so creepy anyways. I would say it was, I mean, it was maybe around four to five feet tall. A young spirit. Again, something that would be curious. Not a young spirit, like it's only been around for a couple of years. I mean, the spirit of a young person, just so we're clear. But who knows? I'd see that. I'd see something small and dark move to the right side of my vision, right by my feet. And I'd look down to pet Jenny and there'd be nothing there. And so Sabine's back. And I tell her all of this stuff. And she goes, yeah, you know, a lot of times I see stuff where it's like moving outside on the porch, like they're coming into the house. And I said, that would have terrified me. Like, if I thought there was a real person out there, I would have ran a sweep. I wouldn't have been able to rest. Because that was one of my concerns. The weather was so bad that someone would be like, oh, there's light and warmth in there. Try to break into any house. I did watch the Purge movies, too. I did finished my purge I've now seen all five of them. Only one was good. I said that would have scared me too much. I did see this one leaning out of the bathroom. And she goes, yeah. She goes, that whole area up there is just really active. It's a really, really active place. What's interesting? I'm just going on a little bit longer than I thought it was going to. We might have to move the little Nas X story. Hopefully not, because that one's pretty hilarious, but It was interesting because that night she was home. We let Jenny out the front door. Gone for maybe like 10-20 minutes, however long it takes for him to do his little perimeter sweep. And then he gets to the back door.
1: Squeak, squeak. Squeak, squeak.
0: Go open the door. I get you, Jenny. Don't worry, buddy. I got you, bud. Open the sliding glass door. And Jenny comes running in. I close it.
1: I go sit back down. Me and Sabine are just sitting at the table eating pizza and all of a sudden we hear a squeak.
0: And I look at her and she looks at me and I go, this is what I do, right? It's full. Now there's another witness here. I go, did you hear that?
1: She goes, yeah. And I got up,
0: and I f- of course I looked over to make sure Jenny was by the fire. I walk over, Jenny's by the fire, he's just laying there with his belly to the flames. And I look out and there's nothing out there. Now, that that was, again, it's one thing to be staying up late at night. I have a super active imagination. I understand my mind plays tricks on me. I understand what lack of sleep can do to the human brain. I understand how light can confuse people, the interplay of light and darkness and shadows and all of this stuff. But we both clearly heard, and it was within maybe 30 seconds of Jenny coming in, We both clearly heard the sound of a paw, a cat's paw, pushing down against the glass. Because we hear it all the time, multiple times a day. It's a super distinct sound. And I got up and checked to make sure it wasn't a neighborhood cat or stray or something like that. I'll let them in the house. I'm not going to let some phantom hobo on the front porch in, but... clearly heard the sound of a cat wanting into the house. Now, I don't think by any means that this haunting is new. This activity is new. Uh, Sabine's talked about this weird stuff going on for a long time, years, if not a decade. She did say when they moved in to the house At one point, they had to go in and clear some stuff out from underneath the basement. Not the basement, like the crawl space. That's what I'm looking for. They had to go into the house and get some stuff. I think probably to put in insulation or something like that. Do some stuff in the crawl space. And at that time, her now ex-husband was down there. And when he came out, he goes, Sabine, look what I found. This is totally awesome. And he was holding a... The only I, I did not see these items. This is the way Sabine described them to me. She said one of the items looked to be a wand, like a homemade wand with these decorations on it, something like that. Like you could clearly tell it was not just a branch. It was adorned in such a way it looked ceremonial and a cat's skull.
1: And both of these were underneath the
0: master bedroom. And I go, well, can I see them? And she goes, no, no, my husband, he ended up, ex-husband, ended up keeping the wand. I go, what'd you guys do with the skull? And she's like, I don't know. That was years and years and years ago, again, if not decades ago. So whatever has been there, that could have been some sort of protection from some sort of activity. That could have been the cause. Of the activity, I think whatever was going on here has been going on a very, very long time before they moved in and maybe even before the original family that lived at that house moved in. So much so that just the other day, because I just got home a couple hours ago, I was just able to get home a couple hours ago, took a nap, and now I'm recording this. Yesterday, I was sitting there and I said, hey, Sabine, I go, these doors on these rollers into the bathroom and into the laundry room, which then leads to the outdoors. I go, did you put those in? Because I had a, I had a theory. <laughs> I had a theory. I go, did you put those in? And she's like, no, no, they were like that when we moved here. The door leading into the laundry room and out the house, that was on rollers when we moved in, and the door to the bathroom was on rollers when we moved in. And I said... Um, I go, why do you think that is? And she goes, probably to save space. Probably to save a little space. And I go, I got a theory. I said, I'll bet you that the people who previously lived here got tired of those doors opening on their own all
1: night long. And she
0: thought about it, and she goes, dude, that's nuts. And I said, I go, I've lived in a lot of places with a lot less space and I've never seen doors with rollers in very, very high-traffic places. The bathroom and really the exit outside of the house. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe it's an East Coast thing. Maybe there's a lot of doors on rollers. But, I that's my theory. That the people who previously lived there got so tired of Hearing the sound of a door opening up in the middle of the night or even more alarming sitting there and all of a sudden you see the door open up and then nothing comes through it. How many times would that have to go on? How many times did you have to hear that or see that before you're like, okay, uh, let's make a trip down Home Depot. (laughs) Let's go ahead and figure out how we can prevent this from happening every single day. It definitely seems like a house that has a lot of visitors. Whatever the weather. The only questions are, who are these visitors? Where are they coming from? I
1: and mean, how long are they staying in Sabine's house?
0: I don't know. Crazy stuff. I, I would, you know, it's one of those things I w- really would like to set up some cameras there. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, again, it's her house. Uh, she... Is one of those, she has this weird thing where she's like, Oh no, it, like ghosts are real, my house is haunted. But then she's like, I don't believe in ghosts, she doesn't believe in like 99% of the stuff we talk about on this show. She's pretty skeptical. We actually did an episode about her a long time ago where she output that episode in the show notes. She had a bizarre experience with her and her old dog Sage, really creepy experience. So then she's like, Yeah, I don't believe in the paranormal ghost, yeah. My house is haunted, but I don't know if any other house is haunted. because I haven't been there. I don't know if ghosts are real. uh, But, you know, I think that is fair, right? People are going to have their own belief systems, and that's hers. Her house is haunted, but she can't believe in ghosts across the board. She doesn't believe every single ghost story she hears, and that's fine. Or most of the ones she hears, either. So, I know people hate it when I do this, but we don't have time to tell the little Nas X story. We're going to save that for tomorrow, but I do want to tell you guys another story. Give me a second here. Let me see what we got, because the Lil Nas X as you can imagine, tying Lil Nas X into missing 411. It's going to take a little bit. Is he responsible for missing hikers and campers over the past four decades? Who knows? Let's see what I got here for you. Here's a bizarre story. I actually don't know how to... How to think about this story. I don't know what this phenomenon is. So, this is a good counterbalance to just a good classic ghost story. Am Alien, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the carpenter copter. We are waving goodbye to Sabine's house. Lil Nas X is creeping out of the closet. Run, Sabine, run. Jenny, jump in the middle. Save her. We're leaving behind this house. Fly us all the way out to a flower shop. <laughs> We're headed out to a flower shop. This story takes place a couple of years ago. We're sitting there. We're looking at tulips and petunias and roses and all that stuff. We're just like, man, these things are expensive. Have you guys bought flowers recently? It's nuts, dude. I can, like, just walk through my neighbor's garden and... Get flowers for cheaper than this. I mean, I guess technically that's stealing, right? I was like, here you go, honey, a dozen roses. I also got you these carrots and one potato. They're like, what? Did you go through their actual garden? Flowers are so expensive. And then you got to pay for someone to like wrap them in green paper. And if God help you if you need a vase. <laughs> I hope you have just a bowl at home. A big Tupperware bowl you fill it full of water. You're like, here you go, babe. There's a potato, there's a potato floating in the water. She's like, what? Years ago, this story happened. We're going to meet a guy. We'll call him Chris. He's a pizza delivery driver. Doesn't say where he works. We'll assume it's Godfather's Pizza. That's the best pizza place. That's where I used to work. I don't think, it, I don't think it's an operation anymore. There's Chris. He's a pizza delivery driver. And he gets a order. Hey, Chris. One large pepperoni for the old flower shop. Oh, yeah, no, I'll take that. She's always a good tipper. He takes a little receipt and sticks it in the pizza box, and he's walking out, throws it in his car, jamming out to some tunes. He pulls up to this flower shop that's run by this little old lady. Chris walks in holding the pizza, and he sees that this lady, this old lady, is in the back of the store. The back of the flower store. And he goes, oh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of walk back there to hand her the pizza. And he's walking through the back of her store carrying this pizza. I'm assuming they know each other. I'm sure. I'm assuming she's a regular patron of this pizza parlor. Otherwise, you just set it, you know, balance it in between a, two vases of roses. Maybe still a couple on the way out. He's walking through the back of the store carrying the pizza, and the little old lady turns and looks at him and goes, Oh! She gasps. She audibly gasps. And she's so thrown for a loop, she has to reach out and steady herself on the counter.
1: Her whole existence is rocked.
0: Chris... Doesn't really know. I mean, I guess suddenly he did sneak up on her. He's all, boo! He's all throwing the pepperoni right at her face. In, in a sense, he did startle her, right? She didn't expect anyone to be back there, but that's not why she audibly gasped. Had to steady herself on the counter. She takes a moment. The old lady takes a moment and goes, Oh, oh, my stars and garters, young man. Oh, you scared me. You gave me such a fright. I thought you were wearing a mask. Chris is like, what? No, I'm not wearing a mask. It's my normal face and tears welling in his eyes He's like, oh, am I that idiot? He goes, no, I'm not wearing a mask. Oh, I know you're not wearing a mask, but I thought you were wearing a mask. Is that my delicious ultimate pepperoni pizza, young man? Oh, cannot wait. Yummy, yummy, yummy. He he, he didn't really even register. Like it was an odd thing. Pizza delivery drivers often experience odd things. It's basically the most ex-job you can ever have. People often ask, what's the job I can have the most paranormal activity in? Police officer. Mortician. And then pizza delivery driver. A lot of weird stuff. I think I've talked about it before. I'll find that episode in the show notes if I can. But He leaves the flower shop. Pocket full of petunias along the way. And he goes back to work. He doesn't really think much of it. He ends up finishing up work. Later that day, he goes, Oh, I got to swing by mom's house. (laughs) Give her these flowers. Gotta give her these flowers that I stole. There are nothing but petals. Petals in his pocket. He's like, Oh, that's a thing you can do, right? Give a woman just a pile of pocket petals? He goes, I got to swing by my mom's house. So he goes over to his mom's house. Walks up to the door.
1: And his mom
0: opens the front door, looks at him, and begins screaming. Ah. ah, 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 ah. Freaking out. Chris is like, what? He's like looking am looking around. Did something blow up behind me? Is there a hobgoblin sneaking up? And his mom stops screaming and kind of catches herself. Oh my god, Chris. Oh my god. Oh. You scared me so badly. I thought you were wearing a mask. Chris is like, when he wrote this up, he goes, I want to be clear. I was not wearing a mask at any point in this day. I don't even consider myself scary looking. I'm a normal human. I'm a normal human inhabiting the planet Earth. And in one day, I had two different people freak out because they thought I was wearing a mask. He said it never happened before, and it's never
1: happened since. It was just one day.
0: Two different people not just thought I was wearing a mask, which would be odd enough, but they freaked out. He posted this online underneath the username Alarming posted this. And someone asked, uh, did they say what the mask looked like? And Chris said, I never asked. Never asked anybody. And that's an interesting comment because here's the thing. I get when the first person, an old lady turns around and maybe she's startled. Oh my God, I thought you were wearing a mask. You, You could brush that off. When your mom does it. Now you know it's something's going on. You could brush it off off as a coincidence, but you have two different people spread across different hours, different locations. The mom didn't live at the flower shop thinking you're wearing this mask. And just like me sitting there and seeing someone move in and out of the bathroom. I mean, listen, man, I'll be honest. Like I could have went to the bathroom and said, well, who are you? Why are you? I don't want to deal with it, man. I don't want to deal with it. It's so funny. Because there, listen, there are, I know this might make me sound like a big goofball. I think most of you guys have figured that out by now. You have professional paranormal researchers like Pete Orby or Rocky, who runs the Oregon Ghost Conference. Pete Orby runs the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. These guys, man, they've been doing this stuff for years. They are professional ghost hunters, ghost researchers. I don't want to be scared, man. You know what I mean? Like, if I was at someone else's house... Not trapped in it for who knows how long at this point. I didn't know when the storm was going to let up, when I was going to be able to leave. I got to go to the bathroom, too. <laughs> I got to use this place. If I'm scared to go into the bathroom, I'm going to be walking around outside the house like Jenny looking for a place to be at best. If I have to poop, <laughs> if I have to poop, I don't know what's going to happen. It's like I don't want to antagonize anything, man. I'm just here. And I didn't feel like it was, that's the thing, like whatever is at Sabine's house, I feel like they feel it is their house as well. That's uh, one of the reasons why I would be reluctant to set up cameras. I'm not one of those guys who has to prove this stuff. If you don't believe it, that's totally fine. I think there are a lot of people who listen to the show who don't believe any of it. I don't think you think the people are liars. I don't think you think I'm a liar. I think you just think that it's misinterpretation of natural phenomenon. And that's totally fine. That's 100% totally fine. You can find value, you can find entertainment in the stories themselves. If you thought I was lying to you, and I was finding stories about people who were actually lying, I don't think you would find that interesting. I wouldn't find it interesting. I'd be putting my reputation on the line, even though apparently I'm a paranormal researcher who's scared of ghosts. I think a lot of people... But I've never been someone who's like, no, I have to prove these exist. I have to set up all these cameras to prove to you that ghosts exist. Because people are going to believe what they believe. you could have the best evidence in the world. And that's really not the type of researcher I am. I'm trying to figure out what these things are and talk to people who do believe and we can figure out what they are. And if you don't believe, you can still find entertainment. You can still find value in the stories. And you think it's funny that there's a paranormal researcher... Who's afraid of ghosts? I'm afraid of ghosts if I have to be in a house with them for an indeterminate amount of time. Yes, you're right. You're 100% right on that. I feel like if I set up cameras, it's their house too. I think that that's how they view it and that could be super antagonizing to them. And then who knows what's going on, right? Teacups are flying around there. I'll bring back the cat skull. And I'm like, see you later. So new, research is over 48 hours. That's all I was going to do backing up my cameras as she's getting possessed in the back room. Ah. I feel like that's part of it, too. I think it's their house as well. And people don't believe me. I hope people don't think I'm lying. I can't control that either. If you actually think I'm lying, I can't control whether or not you think that. But um, as far as like people going, oh, no, he probably stayed up late. I think I've I have an overactive imagination. I stay up late. There was a horrible storm going on. I was stressed out because I hate snow. It could have totally been figments of my imagination the cat making the sound like the sound of the paw against the window that there was two people there and it's a super distinct sound and there was no other cats out there that's a little bit harder to go that was just your imagination but whatever what were we talking about oh yeah so this is what i'm saying like i understand that the second time when his mom screamed us we could go i would ask what the mask look like mom Sitting here, not a participant in the story. I don't know how I would have reacted in the story. I might have. I might not have. It still might have just been odd at the moment. And then when I thought about it later, I'd be like, well, I wasn't wearing a mask. Like, why would I ask my mom what mask I'm wearing? It's weird when you're not a participant in the story, why certain people do certain things the way that they do. Because that would have been helpful, right? (laughs) I guess right now the mask was scary, even though he didn't get a clear idea of what the mask looked like, I'm assuming it was scary. I'm assuming it was a spooky mask. But this is one of those stories that, like I said at the beginning, I don't know how to classify it. I don't even know what my guess would be. It's not a ghost story. Definitely not like an alien or cryptid or anything like that. It doesn't fit into any nice paranormal category. If I had to guess... As a professional paranormal researcher, if I had to guess, I would think that I would think it was either some sort of energy attached to him and they were seeing the energy, maybe something like a solar plexus clown glider. That's a pretty high level thing. I mean, he didn't say that his, his life spiraled out of control after this happened. Those things can be pretty gnarly, but something like that. You could argue, too, that, you know, again, I don't know this dude. He posted this online. Maybe he's an affable chap. Maybe he's a stone-cold killer. We don't know. You could say that maybe they were seeing his true nature. But probably not. Like, again, if he's like, yes, and I've become a monster for real. I'm burning people alive as I'm posting this online. Its I mean again, we don't know, we don't know if he is this mind numbingly evil man travelling the countryside, murdering for fun uh but it, it would be something like that, it would be some sort of energy attachment like these two women were seeing some part of him and hidden or something that attached to him that was visible for a moment, but again, it's not a phenomenon that we can easily categorize. And I love stuff like that because I think there is so much of the world that you just cannot, especially the paranormal world, like going back to the idea of the geologist or the biologist, science is all about categorizing things. And that's one thing that I love about the paranormal is that there's so much of it you cannot classify. Yeah, looking at... This guy's posting history. I mean, unless you think being a Buffalo Bills fan is the sign of madness, which it very well may be. He's just posting about stuff about like hiking and the Buffalo Bills. He's talking about, about the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they saw a scary buffalo head. Which would be terrifying if you think about it. If you open the door and there was a guy standing there, he had a buffalo's face. That might be the scariest thing you could possibly imagine. But I don't think his life is spiraled in any sort of madness again, unless rooting for the bells, <laughs> rooting for the bells uh, may qualify for that one. But yeah, we just cannot classify it, and I find that so fascinating. There's so many stories out there we just can't put into a neat little box. Most science can, right? A geologist, a biologist, it's all about classifying stuff. You can do it with different types of paranormal stuff. We have Close Encounter of the First Kind, Close Encounter of the Second Kind, Third Kind, Fourth Kind. We do have classifications like that. We have Demon, Poltergeist, Residual Haunting, like it's a recording of a previous event, uh, Souls Trapped on Earth. We can classify some of it, but a lot of it we can't. This is one of those stories that, like, what happened? It wasn't Earth-changing. It didn't involve some massive climax. He didn't immediately run to church and go, Get this mask off of me, Jesus get this mask off of me, and like all of a sudden, like rays of light are shooting in through the stained glass window, and (laughs) nothing happens that he can see, but on the astral plane, the the Buffalo Bills mascot, whoever that is, Bill Boy, blows off of his face on the astral plane, and he feels his weight lifted off of him, and he's like, yeah, I'm no longer a Bills fan. 49ers all the way, he does a little dance. (laughs) It was just two people thanking a man was wearing a mask, and a mask that was so startling or off-putting that it would make you
1: scream.
0: Even your own mother would freak out. And what's interesting is both of them quickly realized he wasn't wearing a mask. But then that you wonder what they're thinking. Like, well, that's weird. Why did I have that reaction if he's not wearing a mask? Why did I think he was wearing a mask? But we're busy people. We have busy lives, and. Even professional paranormal researchers, paranormal experts, some might call me, even we, if we're trapped in a haunted house for days and days and days, I don't want to upset the apple cart, you know what I mean? I don't want to go and start trying to communicate with this ghost, whatever it was, ghost kid or shadow man or whatever it was. Because what if I'm like, hey, why are you looking at me? I'm all accusatory. I'm all grabbing it by its ghost collar. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you looking at me? And, you know, it could it could do nothing. It could dissipate. I realize that I'm actually strangling myself. Uh, or what if, it, what if it said something spooky? Right? What if it's like, what? Well, I'm looking at you because I want your body. It's Prince. It's Prince's ghost. He's like, if you like my body... I don't know if he sings that song, but you know what I mean? Like, what if it said something truly upsetting? It's like, I'm going to possess you tonight. Or you're going to be visited by the three more ghosts tonight? The ghost of Winter Storm passed. I'm like, no. At the time, I just want to do my work. I just want to play Minecraft and watch movies on Crackle. I don't want to have to deal with the guy I'm reading spooky stories. I'm like, ooh, a ghostly encounter. Ooh, this will be a great story for my podcast. Typing up my notes. There's a ghost leaning out of the bathroom. It's that same thing. Like we want to research the paranormal. We want to have fun with these topics, but we also don't like them completely taking over our lives. At least I'm that way. Guess I can't speak for every paranormal researcher or every lover of the paranormal, but that's the way that I look at it. On a stormy night when it's five degrees and the snow is two feet deep. I don't want to be in a haunted house, right? I'm in a haunted house. I understand that. It's not my house. Like I said, I started this episode out. I know my place is haunted. We got no beef with each other. I'm in someone else's house and I keep seeing something poking out from around the corner, man. I just want to chill. I just want to hang out like I love the paranormal, but when I'm trapped in a haunted house, an actively haunted house with a ghost skull and a wand, I was somewhere on the floorboards. The wind howling outside, I'm constantly afraid that the powers are going to go out because then how am I going to play Minecraft As half the city freezes to death? I'm like, no, my wheat farm. I love the paranormal, I love researching it, but I don't necessarily love being trapped in it. I'd rather cover these stories than become one myself. Which, in a sense, this was, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to get possessed. (laughs) I don't want some ghost kid jumping out of the bathroom. I gotta use that bathroom.
1: But I feel at the end of
0: the day that they probably don't want to be videotaped. Sabine definitely doesn't want me setting up a bunch of cameras at her place. But at the end, of the end of the day, I think whatever is there is pretty friendly. Because there's never been anything too harsh there or too scary. Like, I wasn't scared by this thing. The first quite a few times, I just kind of figured it was my imagination. But as I kept seeing it, and it was doing the same over a series of nights. It's Not like I saw it ten times in a night. I saw it multiple times throughout the week at different times. I think maybe it was curious. I think maybe that sound of that cat paw outside the window was not a desperate plea from a spectral cat to be let in. I think it was a way we were now both together. Something was created. I don't even think it's the ghost of the, the cat skull. I mean, listen, it could be, right? It could be. But I feel like in a way that was whatever is there, and I think it's probably multiple entities, good... Entities that it was letting us know that um I don't think it was a call for help. (laughs) It was freezing cold out there. It was a ghost cat. I don't think that's what it was. It was a weird almost like letting us know that there was something there. Because I've obviously I'm gonna have doubt. Like, really, that's what clinched it for me. I probably wouldn't have told because all of the stuff could have been like, yeah, you're up late. I probably wouldn't have even talked about the house. It was when we both clearly heard the sound. That's when I go, oh, I think I'll talk about that on the show. That, to me, see, is proof not to you because you don't know for sure, but to me. When two people heard the exact same sound, a very distinct sound that is only heard when Jenny's out there trying to get in. That's when I was like, okay, there was something here. I did experience something this whole time. I feel like whatever it is there is friendly and it sees this house as a warm, welcoming place. But on a cold night when the snow falls hard, the streets are covered in ice and darkness has completely enveloped the city. I may think the spirits at Sabine's house are friendly but on a dark and stormy night I'm not going to put that theory to the test How do we get back on that? How do we get back on that I know I was talking about the mask guy I don't know how to wrap that up That's just weird right pretty weird I don't know how we got back on Sabine's house but I'm glad that I'm back home. I'm glad that I'm back in front of my microphone in my studio so we can be back to making more episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio. DeadRabbit Radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also go to up at facebook.com Dead Rabbit Radio. TikTok is at Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Stay safe and stay warm.